Hallo och välkommen till en ny episode av Pel Kvartere, en fotbollspodcast med mig Lars Iversen i samarbete med Betsson och jag måste beklaga på förhand hvis detta inte är er helt sånn som du vill ha det men resten av episoden kommer att vara på engelsk för jag ska ha med mig en gäst idag. Vi har ju provat det för men vi ska prova det nu och det ligger i gästens natur att resten av episoden blir på engelsk. Beklaga hvis detta inte passar för dig med hoppas jag hoppas i nästa episode. So the rest of the thing will be in English because it's the only way to do it and I will introduce my guest the one and only uh, a man whose whose knowledge of european football terrifies me frankly it's andy brassel hello andy but sadly not my knowledge of norwegian <laughs> well, that's I, I tried to keep the norwegian to a minimum so we wouldn't get weird in here <laughs> but listen because you're the the big galaxy brain of european football i wanted to ask you just very simply after a summer in which we've had a number of interesting imports into the premier league which are the ones you're looking forward the most to watch this season the thing that really surprises me Lars, is that we're here talking about it and my mind immediately flies to Arsenal. Now that is not something that I was expecting to think at the the, the start of the season but as we uh, talk we've just seen a, a full debut for Danny Ceballos um, against Burnley in which he was fantastic and which um, he adapted to um, the, the, the physical rigour of the Premier League and as I know is a a pet theme of yours, Burnley provide that more than most. Uh, so th- th- that he was able to do that, I think, was really, really impressive. And he's just a delightful player to watch. I, I mean, him coming back into playing football after two years of cold storage, mostly at Real Madrid, is very much like um, the Stone Roses bringing out second coming in the that they've just acted like there hasn't been a five year gap between um when they when they released their their last single one love and then when the album came out which uh, was an interesting trick to play so that's exactly what Sabios has done he's done a he's done a stone roses um i'm very much looking forward to seeing nicola pepe because i think he's really built uh, for the for the premier league as well i think he's someone who will add something um pretty special to 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 arsenal and maybe even at some point they'll feel brave enough to sell Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang off the the back of it. I know there's a feeling amongst Arsenal supporters that maybe at some point they'll have to make a choice between Aubameyang and Lacazette, perhaps because Unai Emery doesn't always feel comfortable playing them or starting them together in away matches as as, as well. well. It'd be interesting to see how that progresses over the season. Otherwise, uh, uh, Tongi Ondombele, who I've, I've seen a lot of in, in France, of course, as well. Um, he's, he's someone who has started well for Spurs and I'm, I'm looking forward to, 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 to seeing a, a heck of a lot more. Um, but it's interesting discovering players and discovering teams as as well i mean you, you say i'm across everything i'll tell you what i'm not across the english championship anymore and norwich have been a delightful surprise so far i've seen, seen very little of them or sheffield united last season so um i'm enjoying uh checking them out and timo puki scoring a hat-trick in the premier league who'd, who'd have thought it, eh as many hat-tricks as both Cristiano Ronaldo and Dennis Bergkamp now, Timo wow. Pukki and the Premier League, I believe. You threw some names out there. Let's chat about Ceballos a little bit, because I think it's easy to bracket him in our minds as yet another skillful Spanish midfielder. 
but he's he's pretty feisty as well. If you go back to his uh, Betty's days, I think he averaged something like four tackles per one four tackles per game or something, which is a better number than most defensive midfielders run up. Yeah, it is, and um, I think that if you think of when he was playing for Betis, he had to fight for the right to run games. But in that last season at Betis, he did run games. And he ran games against really good teams. He was able to be the best player on the pitch when they played Atletico. He was able to be one of the best players on the pitch when they played Real Madrid, when they played Barcelona. And, you know, there was significant talk about Atletico taking him at the time. And I feel he kind of missed the trick by by going to Real Madrid. I mean... Maybe it's easy to say in retrospect, but I think for a, a, a lot of people, it was always sadly inevitable that what has happened to him at Real Madrid would happen to to, to him. Um, I, I was a little bit more hopeful because Zidane was so, certainly talking the talk about you know giving chances to to young players, and then the way he was treated. People talk about the way Gareth Bale was treated. Well, for my money, Danny Ceballos was 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 treated a lot worse. Um, he, he never even got his chance. And um, he's kept plugging away. I think mentally it must have been very tough for him to to do that. And um, yeah, I mean, if if he'd have gone to, it's a bit of a sliding doors moment. But if he'd have gone to Atletico instead of uh, Real Madrid, and Atletico were really interested at one point, I wonder how, how that would have turned out for the for the whole Liga, really, because um, they he, he as you say he fits Atletico in a lot of ways, and he's got the sort of craft that maybe they're not completely overwhelmed with in midfield. But, you know, um, Atletico and, by extension, Real Madrid's loss is is, is Arsenal's gain. And, um, you know, I think they, they weren't getting quite what they could out of Aaron Ramsey, be it through injury, be it through him being played slightly out of position. So... Even though a lot of Arsenal fans were sad about Aaron Ramsey moving on, maybe, just maybe, it has all turned out for the best. And, and while we're on Arsenal, Nicola Pepe, let's, let's chat about him a little bit. They have spent a lot of money on him. Mm. Uh, an esteemed colleague of ours uh, once raised the question of whether Nicola Pepe has been raised by wolves uh, just because <laughs> just because the way he handles the ball and the way he runs, he doesn't look like a player who's been churned out by all these sort of footballing factories around Europe. There's something unconventional about him. There's something very unconventional about him. If uh, he was a, a basketball shooter, you would say he had a very jerky motion I think you know there's nothing smooth really about about the way he plays there's there's something smooth about the way he runs but not the way he handles the ball I think that's 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 very true um but what he is is someone who's been absolutely fantastic for the last uh year and a half um despite being um aboard the good ship Bielsa when it was sinking pretty rapidly in 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 northern France I think Christophe Galtier has, has, has really made a huge influence on his career um, because Galtier performed a minor miracle by keeping Lille up, um, by getting a team full of Bielsa players, at least ostensibly, um, to, to, to play his way to avoid relegation and then to qualify for the Champions League last season. But I think, really, um, Galtier is far more of... Pepe's type of coach than, than Bielsa simply because he's someone who um, is useful on the counter-attack and the Premier League is, is still about fighting for the right to counter-attack and he's someone who's incredibly quick who um, c- 
can create and score, which I think is worth noting. People will look at his goal tally, but he set up, what, 13, 14 goals last season as well. Um, and he's, he's someone who's got the personality to properly marshal an attack. And so I think that tallies quite well with both Lacazette and Aubameyang, who are, are both all about um, pace. I think to have someone who's a lefty is a, a nice bit of variation there as well. So maybe he's not the most obvious choice for Arsenal when you think they've, they've, they've got those two already and clearly they need strengthening in, in other departments. But I don't think it's unreasonable to think that those three or two of those three, depending on how daring that Emery's feeling, will click together. And, you know, Emery's football, a lot of it down the years is is, is, is counter-attack, especially, I think, at, at Valencia in, in Sevilla as well. Um, you know, that's how they, they, they won the Europa League under him, by playing that sort of quick transition football. It's something that Kevin Gamero in the back end of that um, really thrived. And, of course, when they ended up winning the Europa League against Liverpool in in, in 2016 um, that was a, a huge part of it so um, Pepe is, is his kind of footballer I think they should get on really really well and um, you know I think we talk about Emery being a, a break from the past for, for Arsenal because he's got the sort of attention to detail that certainly latter-day Wenger didn't in terms of coaching well I think not being obsessed with possession is, is is quite important as well and you've got the players there now who are who are high impact and can make things happen in just a couple of passes now moving out of the london bubble i think one oh. one <laughs> one of the more eye catching uh, signings of the late window certainly alas maximan going to newcastle he's uh, I keep bringing up this stat. There was only one player in the big five leagues in Europe who completed more dribbles per game last season, and that was Hatem Benarfa. Is that a glimpse of what we can expect? Yeah, well, you know, I think a lot of people already have said, you know, he could be Newcastle's new Ben Arfa. I think most people mean that as a compliment rather than a, a, a criticism. Um, I mean, there's so much to love about Ben Arfa. Of course, he's um, generally associated with more... Um, happy and slightly more successful time, of course, the time that they nearly uh, qualified for the Champions League and, and ended up getting into to Europe and having a nice little run in the, the Europa League. Um, I, I always loved the, the, the chaos of Ben Arthur as well. I mean, I, I remember um, when I was covering a match when they were playing Bolton, remember when he scored that incredible goal where he ran from the halfway line and, and, and touched it past the keeper? Uh, I remember like, probably about 15 minutes after that, goal, um, uh, the Newcastle press officer came up the steps and said to me, um, you speak French, don't you? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, would you mind um, helping Hatem do a bit of press afterwards because I'm sure he'd like to talk people through his goal. And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And uh, then he was uh, substituted, Hatem Ben Arthur, towards the end of the game. And just as the match was ending, the press officer came across to me again and said, uh, it's, it's all right. You won't have to do that. He's uh, he's gone back to Paris, and he, he he got in a cab to the airport, still in his kit, and, and off he went, basically. Um, and you know, I, I think Newcastle fans have been so like ground down by the whole Mike Ashley circus through some pretty attritional ver sort of football, and I don't think anyone really blamed Rafael Benitez for that. Not like they have a you know, bigger teams that that he's been 
that he's been at or more successful teams I, I, I should say I'm not talking about the size of the club um, because it was just I think an understanding of their reality um, I think to have something that's a bit of light relief is fine I mean you know Sam Maximin has, has got all the ability in the world and while he was at Nice he had Super Mario in his ear all the time going you're going to play for Real Madrid one day you're going to play for Real Madrid one of these years. It seems unhelpful. Oh, it's exactly the sort of thing that Balotelli would say. I mean, yeah, maybe you would play for Real Madrid if you were their sporting director. <laughs> but but you're not, are you? And, um, you know, there, there, there were times when he looked as if he would uh, make good on that, that promise that he's, he's shown earlier in his career. And... Um, you know, at, at times he was he, he was absolutely fantastic, but he drove he drove Patrick Vieira absolutely to distraction. And by the time he finally did leave for Newcastle, I think they were pretty glad to see the back of him. I would love to believe he will knuckle down and make everything of himself that he could. I'm, I'm not really convinced that Newcastle is the right club for him to do that. That's worrying news, I guess, because they kind of need him to come good for it to really work this season. Another player they need to come good is Joelinton. Do you think he'll make any kind of impact uh, along the lines that Newcastle will need him to for them to stay up this year? I like him as a player a lot. Um, he's an intelligent player. He's strong. He's good at holding the ball up. I'm not sure if he's got the goal scorers around him to make it happen because he's very good at bringing others into play. I don't think he's going to get you 20, 25 goals in a season. Um, and th- that that is an issue because really I'm not, I'm not even sure if you get your 15 goals in a season and that's a problem A, when you've paid that much money for a player and B, when you've lost Solomon Rondon I mean, if they were going to pay that much for Joel Linton surely it would have been the more Ashley move to just make Rondon permanent uh, I mean, you know he's going to score goals in the Premier League I think he's quite suited to the, the sort of style that they were playing I like Joel Linton as a player I think he can get better. Uh, I mean, he's still really in the infancy of his, his, his top-level career um, in in Europe. And I thought he was, um, at least sporadically, very, very good in the Champions League for, for Hoffenheim last season. And they were better than their results suggested. But again, I think you look at good players in isolation going to Newcastle and you think, are there the players around them for, uh, for them to succeed? Is there the environment around them uh, for them to succeed and I'm not convinced Yeah, so he's good at bringing people into play but there might not be anyone in there to bring into play uh, Lastly, with Idrissa Ganagay going from Everton to uh, uh, to PSG I guess with the incomings you're looking at Jean-Philippe Gabama to to, to cover some of the the slack there can he do that? Um, well, I guess he's going to have to in the short term, especially with a Morgan Schneiderlin getting sent off in the first game of the season. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I've, I've heard um, Schneiderlin link with moves away to various places uh, this summer. I don't think Everton can afford to do that now because I think it leaves them a little bit thin. Maman is, is, is a really fine player. Um, He's, he's, he's good for them at centre ah, back see. too. We've got the we've got the timer. The timer's gone. That is that is the terror of the fifteen minute format. Even if you're halfway through a sentence, you have to stop. Thanks very much, Andy. That was very interesting and very in depth. And we should have had at least uh, forty five minutes more, but we don't. That is the curse and also the blessing of PL Quater. The Tavert and Lituan episode yes for one. Can't she come to your offer? Can't she? Is she? Little of hanging of feedback. Hope you're a good